Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Don't touch that dial. You're tuned in to the Dread Podcast Network. Welcome to Development Hell. horror movie that hits VOD, countless others end up DOA. Development Hell is the podcast dedicated to unearthing these cursed horror productions. We're going to find out what went wrong and then decide if these titles still stand a shot at the green light. I am your host, Josh Korngut. I am the managing editor of Dread Central. I am also a filmmaker in Toronto, Canada. This podcast is a proud member of the Dread Podcast Network. Hi there, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Development Hell. Before we hit our Jeepers Creepers Unseen miniseries, just a little bit later in the month, as I promised, I've got a few surprising tricks up my sleeve. So it seems like we've sort of just landed in a new miniseries of sorts that I am calling Updates. We've done tons of episodes. I want to say we've covered maybe like 60 or so topics of movies trapped in development hell. And over the last couple of years, some of the topics that we have dived into, well, things have changed. They're not necessarily trapped in development hell anymore. And if they are, there are still new workings, new progresses to report on. And I think you all deserve to know what is going on in the development hell extended universe. Last week, we talked about a couple of our favorite episodes getting different updates in their production schedules. That was Nosferatu with David Eggers and Trick or Treat Part Today we are bringing you a brand new update, our most popular episode of all time. So I'm really excited that there was a little bit of news out in the ether so we could revive the topic and and get a second chance at digging it up. Today we are updating you on Five Nights at Freddy's. The original episode featured guest Jans Holstrom and... Together, we uncovered the long road to Freddy Fazabar's pizza. We weren't sure if it was ever going to happen. Turns out, it might. So today, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to revisit the topic of Five Nights at Freddy's. What is it? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Cotton Eye Joe. And we're also going to think about why the project was trapped in development hell for so long before we deliver you the what I think is a pretty exciting update on the Blumhouse movie. For those who know, for those who don't know, you're about to find out, Five Nights at Freddy's is a very famous horror franchise created by Mr. Scott Coffin. 
It originally began back in 2014 as a video game of the same name, and since then, it skyrocketed in popularity. It has spawned so many game sequels. I think now there might be eight survival horror games based on this one original property. Some of them take place in different locations. The original uh, was Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. I apologize if I'm saying that wrong. After that, I think we got some sister locations. We extended the universe quite thoroughly. But yeah, this this is not just about video games. There's a whole world of Five Nights at Freddy's out in the air. There's a whole world of Five Nights at Freddy's out there. The franchise includes spin-off games, books. There was a, a novel trilogy. I think there's an anthology series. Tons of fan art, tons of fan fiction. Merchandise is out there. And it's like a pretty detailed world, this Five Nights at Freddy's. And fans love it. Fans cannot get enough of Five Nights at Freddy's. If you're ever on Twitter and you're on Jason Blum's timeline, you'll see just how passionate the Five Nights fan base really is. And I guess at the end of the day, I'm kind of happy that they're getting a positive update on the movie that they've been waiting for for so goddamn long. The first game, I think I said it was released back in 2014, was about this character, I think his name was Mike Schmidt, and he's working as a night security guard at Freddy's Fazbear's Pizza. And this is like a, you know, like a Chuck E. Cheese style birthday party palace slash pizza restaurant, you know the type. And well, in the game, He's tasked as being the security guard overnight, and the animatronics start to move. And then turns out, uh uh-oh, they're going to kill anybody who they see, and then stuff them into a spare animatronic suit. And I think that kills them, or it's like very painful energy. In the original game, the player must survive from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., they're not allowed to leave the room that they're in, and all they've got is a camera system and two doors, and I think lights also to defend themselves from these possessed, or I don't know if they're possessed, but evil, angry animatronics. Uh, They're pissed. They're out for revenge, I believe. I don't know. There's so much lore. There's so much extended info on this series. But I think that these animatronics could be possessed by the souls of children. Scott Coffin. Hmm, this guy. This friend of the pod, just kidding, he doesn't know about us. Started developing video games a long, long time ago, I think even as a little kid. There's something interesting about him is that he joined something called Hope Animation. I think it was 2021 summer. He was trending on Twitter um, because it became public info that he was donating to like conservative political campaigns. Yeah, everything was very pro-Trump. I think he was even donating directly to the Trump campaign. He He later, I think right around that time, posted on Twitter that, yeah, he was a Republican and that he did make donations to conservative candidates. He also, at the time, described himself as pro-life. So this was really divisive. This really um, alienated a lot of fans. Five Nights at Freddy's has a lot of queer fan base. A lot of people that, um, you know, found his views to be in opposition with their own. This caused a bit of a tamper dynamic between him and his fan base. And there was a lot of negativity 
And just days after these donations were discovered, he announced that he was going to be out of the game. He was retiring completely and had no plans of continuing his work on Five Nights at Freddy's. And he was going to choose someone else to sort of oversee the franchise once he was done. But Scott's still involved. Scott's heavily involved, actually, at least with the upcoming film. The movie started, if you can believe it, almost 10 years ago. Back, back, back to a simpler time. We're talking about April. 2015 and warner brothers at the time acquired the rights to adapt this very popular franchise roy lee who is truly like numero uno movie producer for horror he recently produced the excellent barbarian but he also is the guy that produced the number one horror movie of all time I'm I'm talking financially, and that's It Chapter 1 from 2017. And same year, a person by the name of Gil Keenan signed on to direct and co-write along with someone else by the name of Tyler Burton Smith. But two years went by, and nada, zilch, nothing. And in 2017, Coffin stated that we're going to have to go back to square one. March of 2017, things changed, and Coffin tweeted an infamous photo at Blumhouse Productions. And it became clear that the horror movie production company was going to be on board and creating Nights at Freddy's. Jason Blum is responsible for bringing us some of the most talked about and loved horror properties of the last 10 years that we got Get Out from him. We have smaller titles like Happy Death Day to Me, Unfriended. He's done the new Halloween films with David Gordon Green. Like he's kind of the biggest name right now in horror and he has been for quite some time. So it was a very interesting production company to be linking up with Five Nights at Freddy's. But again, this was all the way back in 2017. It's been a little while since this deal was struck. It was that same year that Gil Keenan was no longer attached to, to direct, which doesn't surprise anybody because it was no longer with Warner Brothers Pictures and Blum was in. In 2018, Blumhouse took to Twitter to say that director Chris Columbus was going to be the new director of Five Nights at Freddy's, which is very interesting because Chris Columbus is known in part for directing like kids or YA content. He's famous actually for directing Harry Potter movies and it kind of gave a sense of maybe which direction this movie was going to go. Maybe a little bit of a, of a whimsical um, younger route. I don't know. Or maybe it was going to use that style to juxtapose something really messed up. It's hard to know because Chris Columbus uh, eventually did end up backing out of the project <sighs> because this project is cursed or at least it was cursed for so, so long. And then in November of 2018, Cawthon decided that the script had been scrapped. He didn't like it, I guess. That's my view on it. And it was further delayed and nothing was said about it for a really long time. We had the drama with him in 2021 on Twitter and there was talks of script issues and I think it was September of 2021 that we even found out that Chris Columbus was no longer involved and that the project just didn't have a director anymore. Fans were pissed, fans were sad, like they make themselves known. The Five Nights at Freddy's fans are present in the wild, like you'll be able to see them on Twitter and yeah, I think they really wanted this to happen and I think it was a very heartbreaking end for a lot of these uh, Five Nights fans because it seemed like it was really just never going to happen. But in the wise words of another Canadian, never say never, because just last Wednesday, we got some pretty big news straight from the source. That's right, Blumhouse chief, Mr. Jason Blum, 
gone on Twitter, which he does a lot, to announce that Emma Tammy was going to now officially be the new director of Five Nights at Freddy's. That's not all. He also said that like uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop were going to be handling the creation of the puppets and, I guess, you know, the animatronics in the film. And maybe most excitingly of all, that it's finally, finally going to start shooting in February of 2023. Uh, game creator Coffin, uh, as well as someone named Seth Kudabak, are going to be writing the script along with Tammy. And Tammy's going to be directing. You might know her name. She is present in the modern horror sort of zeitgeist. In 2018-2019 energy, she directed her feature film, The Wind, which I actually got to catch out of the Toronto Film Festival, I think for its world premiere, maybe. And, okay, I have to be fully honest with you, because I love you, and I wouldn't lie to you. I didn't love it. I personally, J.K. Simmons, just kidding, Joshua Corngut, did not love The Wind. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I don't I don't think she wrote it herself. She could be a really talented up-and-comer, and I, you know, I'm interested to see what she does. The Wind was a period piece with supernatural sort of ghostly elements. Took place in, like, you know, uh, Victorian or Edwardian prairies, and the wind is bad, and it's out to get ya. So I don't really, I don't really see how that style is going to reflect on something so different like this. I clearly don't know. Maybe she had just a killer pitch, and Blue Mouse had to say yes. They just had no choice. Hard to say, but we're gonna find out. I know that there's going to be a lot of fans out there who are excited as hell for Five Nights at Freddy's movies. Finally, finally to emerge from the wild and listen this shit was announced officially back in 2015 it's now 2022 and we're getting yet another official announcement i don't know if it's wise for people to get their hopes up too thoroughly just yet but it's looking good and february 2023 is just around the corner once they get this thing filmed it's coming so we're going to see it. I personally think, yeah, we're we're going to see this Five Nights at Freddy's movies. I mean, listen, it makes sense for Blumhouse. This is a huge property. People love it. It almost seems guaranteed to make bank. Now, I don't know if it's going to go to theaters. I know that Blumhouse does a lot of direct-to-streaming content. They do it with Epics. They're even doing it with Netflix. Just this week, they put out a Netflix movie a Stephen King adaptation called Mr. Harrigan's Phone. So it's it's tough to know how they're going to approach Five Nights. And I'm definitely curious as a horror fan to see how it unfolds and if the creator and if Blumhouse and if Emma Tammy are going to be able to cooperate and get this job done finally. You know, I really hope this happens. If you're a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, let us know. Tell us why you want to see this movie happen, or maybe why you don't want to see it happen, you can give us a shout at Devil Hell Pod or Development Hell Pod if you're nasty on social. I want to know what you think about this. Do you think we're going to get a theatrical adaptation? Very curious to see this unfold. 
I really appreciate you listening to my second updates episode. I hope it was a good one. October 25th, this podcast, Development Hell, is starting a brand new limited audio series, which we're really excited about and we're putting a lot of hard work into. You may have heard me talking about it. It is Jeepers Creepers Unseen, a Dread True Crime limited series. You might be aware that Jeepers Creepers is like a very famous horror franchise. It's been around for 20 years. There's four films now, and the fan base is really passionate about these movies. But the community at large has become more and more divided as more and more horror fans become aware of the Jeepers Creepers creator and the disturbing crime that he once perpetrated. In our new podcast, Jeepers Creepers Unseen, we're going to unearth this controversial franchise. We're going to revive its past. We're going to contextualize the harm perpetrated by the creator. And we're going to take a look at why this property is important to horror fans. With a new movie out now from new filmmakers, Jeepers Creepers Unseen is going to ask if a well-loved film series can reckon with history and thrive, or is now the time to move on? Find answers to these questions and more on our all-new limited four-part audio series, Jeepers Creepers Unseen, starting October 25th. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening to Development Hell. If you enjoy this podcast, then please do us a major favor of leaving us five stars and writing a positive review. It really makes all the difference in the world. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode of Development Hell. Thank you for listening to the Dread Podcast Network.